Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, November 12th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell, and it's time for the Week 10 main slate. We're in double digits, Shane. Can you believe it? Yeah, it goes fast here. So you got to enjoy every single slate because, yeah, blink of an eye, we're going to be at Thanksgiving. We're going to be going into the home stretch here. So, yeah, it's 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 been a great fantasy football uh, season, and we're, we're ready for definitely for uh, week 10 here. A lot, lot of, you know, pretty interesting matchups here. Seeing a couple weather games pop up that's making it interesting. Tons of injuries to big stars, and, you know, there's some value plays popping up. So there's a lot of stuff going on here that we're going to be going over and continue to monitor the next few days here. Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited about this week 10 slate. So uh, let's let's get after it here. We've got five games over 50 in terms of the totals, courtesy of our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. Go there for all your sports wagering and casino action. Make sure to use that promo code COACHTALK, all one word. Get 125% match on your first deposit. But the, the slate's kind of interesting this week, Shane. Because of the Masters, they only have five early games and six late games. And a couple of those big totals are in the four o'clock game. So we might have to be a little bit patient this week before we fill out our, our full rosters. So so keep that in mind. But we do have five ga- five early games, six late games, and five with totals over 50. So let's start out with Houston and Cleveland. And that one's just under 50 at 49. Cleveland, the three-point home favorites. They are five and three coming off of uh, some good rest here with a, with a bye week. And we may have Chubb back in the lineup. And this is an awesome matchup on paper. Uh, Houston's number 32 against the run. So will you get some exposure to this Cleveland backfield? Yeah, I think I'll take a look. Uh, I'll take a look at Chubb, see if he can get a, you know some full practices in and how he's looking. I know he shedded the knee brace and he's looking pretty good uh, so far this week. So, you know, if it looks like he's pretty much practice uh, with no restrictions, uh, I think he's a full go. And also I'm checking the weather report. And just like two weeks ago in Cleveland, the winds are going to be ridiculous. It's supposed to be. 25 mile an hour. So I'm going to be checking the wind projections and the wind gusts because that really hurts the passing game here. Plus Cleveland wants to pound the ball again in this matchup. Anyways, you really want to keep Deshaun Watson and those guys off the field. So Nick Chubb looks like he's in a great spot. Again, I like playing these guys off injury because people kind of forgot about how good Nick Chubb is because it's been a long time since he's played, but I'm not afraid to play him right off injury and, uh, he is pretty expensive, but he's he's a high upside guy and a great matchup. And the game script is calling for it. A home favorite, potential weather game here. Great matchup. Uh, you know, that I don't, you know, the, the Cleveland passing game doesn't look great. So, I mean, that's that's how they they're gonna win this game is run the ball. So Nick Chubb's looking like a good play here. The other guy that looks pretty good is Jarvis Landry. Obviously, he's gonna get a ton of targets here too good run after the catch, you know, short area quickness type guy. And, you know, he's looking really good, pretty good matchup here against Houston secondary. Uh, so definitely like Jarvis Landry. Uh, Austin Hooper's also coming back. He's kind of interesting if you want a cheap, you know, tight end play before he was uh, had the uh, uh, appendectomy in there. He, he was starting to come on. So he could be a guy they could just, you know, check down a lot of short passes to. So he's a guy you get at lower ownership. So I think he's decent for Cleveland here as well. Um, so those are kind of the guys I'm looking at Cleveland. And then over on the Houston side, you know, I really kind of wanted to stop uh, stack uh, 
Deshaun Watson and, you know, with Fuller and Cooks or one of the other, um, but makes you a little nervous that the weather's going to be looking like it is here. Uh, and then Duke John- Johnson's going to be pretty chalky. And even if he doesn't come up huge in the running game, if you feel like David Johnson's going to be out, then Duke Johnson, I think, is another great value play just because the work he does in the passing game, too. Um, and he's, I think he's still decent as a runner. I know Cleveland's a pretty tough defense, but you don't have to worry about them getting down and him not getting you know, three down work because he's their passing back as well. So Duke Johnson's in a good spot here as well. He's a great value play. Yeah, I agree. You know, if David Johnson's out after that concussion, man, what a hit. I can't believe they didn't throw a flag on that play. That was a that was a real tough one to take. So good spot for him just getting uh, all that work if David Johnson's out. And yeah, just unfortunate to hear the, those two issues that you mentioned in terms of the weather, you know, it'd be a fun game to stack potentially with that Houston passing attack. But the wins will, will certainly dissuade me. And then, yeah, I think Chubb's in a great spot, and Cleveland certainly wants to run it. They're not a high-volume passing offense. I just wish it was one or the other here, and we could expect them to get you know 20-plus carries. I know that either guy can pay off you know, as they're splitting the usage, but uh, with the price tags, it's, it's going to be a little bit more challenging to, to use one of those backs. All right, Shane, game number two is a total that's right at 50 right now on BetUS. That's Jacksonville at Green Bay. Total of 50 and Green Bay, the 13.5-point home freight, home favorites. So no respect here for Jake Luton and, and, the, and the crew. Coming mm-hmm. in at 1-7, and seven, some close losses. They can put up some points, but Vegas is suggesting that they're not going to uh, do much in, in the way of scoring here this week. So... Um, Tell me about this one. Yeah, I mean, you got a team from Florida that's got to travel up to Green Bay. It's getting to be wintertime. It's going to be some light snow, and this is another game that has potential for 25-mile-an-hour wins. So I don't think it's a good game environment for Jacksonville for this Florida <laughs> team here. So, uh, and Green Bay happens to be red hot, you know, uh, so they're they're looking really good here. So this is going to be a huge spot for Devontae Adams. Last time it was, you know, poor weather. They just threw him a bunch of short targets. You know, and he, he you know, he kind of lucked out. He got three touchdowns. I don't know if it was luck. It's probably mostly skill. But with Aaron <laughs> yeah. Jones out, with Aaron Jones out, Devontae Adams has just been, it's been the, the focal point. No one's been able to stop him. Um, but now that you have Aaron Jones back, I think that's going to change things a little bit here. And Aaron Jones is looking like a great play here. He's in a good matchup against Jacksonville. Obviously, they're huge home favorites. And Aaron Jones does great work in the passing game and the running game. If the weather looks crappy, they'll probably give him even more carries. Um, and, yeah, I just kind of like his explosiveness and elusiveness ability to, uh, you know, avoid tacklers and just hit the hole with with a lot of burst. Um, Green Bay is pretty good, you know, pretty good offensive line against Jacksonville's, you know, not that great of a defensive front. So I think Aaron Jones is definitely a guy that's worth paying up for here. Uh, Devontae Adams, you have to make that decision as well, uh, whether you want to pay it for him. But I think he's also in play, of course. Uh, he looks really good. He's still he's pretty expensive now, obviously, but he 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 can smash still uh, in a in a good matchup against a young, inexperienced Jacksonville secondary. And then Alan Lazard is trending towards coming back. He's super cheap as well. And he looks like he's in a great spot if he because he lines up typically in the slot in Jacksonville's weak in the slot. Typically, with using Trey Herndon in coverage, that's a great matchup for Alan Lazard. And he was trending really good before he got injured. So Alan Lazard, I could see taking a few targets away from Devontae Adams, the target monster. So I like Alan Lazard as a uh, value play here. 
Um, and then, yeah, I think uh, uh, Robinson, James Robinson, looks like in a good spot. The only concern I have with him is it's not a good game script for him. And uh, they put Chris Thompson in there when they're sometimes doing the hurry up that probably will be down in this game. Um, and the other thing you got to look at is Jake Luton. Is he not going to really be checking down as much as Gardner Minshew? Cause he can actually throw it down. The seems like he can throw it down the field a little bit. Right. Um, so that's the thing you have to worry about is basically Robinson was just a target monster on the checkdowns Cause Gardner Minshew is just really not a good quarterback. That's kind of happened all year. So uh, good matchup for Jacksonville, but not a good game script or game environment. And you got to worry with the quarterback change. Is he not going to get it? James Robinson not going to get as many checkdowns, and he doesn't always play on third down. So that's the that's the issue with James Robinson. Other than that, the guy has a great role, and he's been consistently one of the top fantasy running backs all year. It's just this might not be the best game script for him. And then you got to keep your eye on DJ Chark as well. See what's going on with him. He he, he had an illness in the middle of the week here. So he wasn't practicing, but I think if he plays and I'm also hearing news that maybe Jair Alexander might be out. So we got to check Green Bay's injury report on Saturday going into Sunday and see if Jair Alexander is inactive and DJ Chark is in play. He can definitely uh, burn this uh, uh, Green Bay secondary for some deep shots here. Um, again, you have to you're, you got a lot of things going on here because you got people that are injured on each side that you're working at and you're looking at the weather. Um, but you have to take a look at DJ Chark because I think he's upgraded with the new quarterback with Luton in there. I think Luton's a lot better standing in the pocket, you know, running around and hitting him with those deep shots as you saw last week there. So, so that's it. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in this game, but again, I'm a little concerned about the weather too. Yeah. Great, great stuff there. And I agree. If Jair Alexander's out, then you could look at Chark. I mean, we saw in that Thursday night game last week, what San Fran did after Alexander went out, that's when Richie James just went crazy, right? He went <laughs> yeah. Nine, Richie James time. <laughs> nine for 184 and a touchdown. Um, that was that was quite a scene. You know, they did, the thing is they didn't really care at that point. Um, so if it's a, if it's a tighter game, I don't think it'll be that easy for Jacksonville to pass. Certainly with the weather. So if Alexander is playing or if there's weather, then I probably won't go to that Jacksonville passing attack. It'd probably be Robinson or or nothing for me. But I agree that the Chris Thompson is more of a concern now because last week was the first week since week one that James Robinson got less than four targets. You know, he was really consistent in that passing game, even in games when Chris Thompson was playing. So that that's a real issue if he's not going to get those PPR points. Um, I'm probably going to look elsewhere. And the first place I'm going to look is on the other side with Aaron Jones. You know, one of the things that stood out in that Thursday night game for Green Bay was Aaron Jones is coming back from injury with this calf issue, and he got 20 touches. And he looked pretty good. Uh, and this is a great matchup. Uh, Jacksonville number 27 uh, against the rush. So with that mini buy and with weather and with the bad rushing defense, I, I'm really excited about Aaron Jones here. And with with the passing attack, yeah, you could go back to Adams. It's like no matter what the conditions or the matchup, he just keeps getting it done. But eventually somebody else is going to have to get touchdowns, right? So I think Aaron Jones is, is more in play this week you know, for that, from that perspective or Lazard, I mean, what a great price for a guy that can legitimately get eight or nine targets. He's only 4,000 on DraftKings. So this will probably be the week where, where I'll stay away from Adams and uh, hope that the other guys in Green Bay get into the end zone. All right. Game three, Shane is uh, NFC East battle here. We've got Philly in New York. 
a little rematch from week seven when Philly eked out that 22-21 win. A little bit different this time in that we've got Miles Sanders back in the mix. Uh, This one is in New York, and Philly is favored, even though it's a road game, by three. Over-under here is 44-and-a-half. You going to get involved with the NFC East here? Yeah, you know, I – this is yeah it is it is their second match up here rematch so you, you you know that's probably why the over under so low and these teams are kind of you know they're kind of been injured and they're they have decent defenses but you know Miles Sanders is just too talented you know I know he's been injured a lot but you know his price hasn't went up that much because he's been injured he hasn't really had those huge ceiling games you've seen him have decent games against you know Pittsburgh and Baltimore like really tough matchups so yeah, the Giants are decent up front, but I think Miles Sanders can get can get in space here, and he's explosive, you know, uh, type running back, and he's gonna I think get some work in the passing game as well. I mean, Zach Ertz is out for this team, so I think that he'll get a lot of work in the passing work, which they haven't done that this that much this year. But this is a game he could do that. So I like Miles Sanders just because I think he's going to be lower owned than some of these other running backs. And he's the type of guy that has a big ceiling. I think he has a safe floor and a big ceiling. I know it's not the perfect matchup, but I think he's yeah, he's nearly matchup proof here. It's not like the Giants are completely shut down. So so I'm not worried about the matchup. I like Miles Sanders here. Uh, I like Travis Fulgham. His price is still reasonably, and this guy's just been a stud. I think you know Carson Wentz is playing better of late. Um, and I, uh, I, I, I really like him there. Uh, I know that uh, he's had a couple disappointing games here and there, but Fulgham, I think uh, he, he's going to match up mostly against Bradbury. You know, he did decent against Bradbury last time. And as of late, you know, Bradbury's been getting burned, you know, by quite a few different receivers. So I'm not worried about the matchup. I think Fulgham is, is a star receiver and he's still reasonably priced. Um, Dallas Goddard, you know, I think with his second game back, I think he'll be on the field, you know, uh, a lot probably going to get more targets this game. He he, you know, he was out on the field last game, but he was blocking. You know, he ran some routes, but I think he'll run more routes and get more production here. And you know, the Eagles love uh, passing the ball to the tight end, and he's a big target over the middle. So I like Dallas Goddard. You're going to get him at lower ownership because he hasn't done anything since he came back from injury either. Um, and I and I like his matchup against the Giants linebackers here. Um, not a light lot that I really love on the Giants side. If you're going to take a receiver, Sterling Shepard's probably the best guy in terms of the matchup and the opportunity. He's been solid. Um, and then Evan Ingram is finally getting the targets. You know, he gets, you know, been getting 10 targets the last couple games, which is great to see uh, for just a guy that's a big athletic tight end like that with that type of speed and athleticism. He's the, the type of tight end guy that has a uh, he's getting safer on the floor and you know he's he's due to have a ceiling game here as well. Philadelphia really bad against tight ends; they're among the worst against tight ends. So good spot for him. So there are a few good plays in here, but overall it's going to be kind of a tough division battle. Um, but again, I still I still like Miles Sanders uh, in this game. Okay, yeah, for the Giants, I agree. Evan Ingram or nothing, and he's a he's a solid price at tight end. And after he went six for 46 against Philly and had that big drop, 10 targets two weeks in a row. So they're finally using him. And that's what you want at uh, tight end. You want an athlete who's going to get volume and finally it's consistent. So, so he's a, a solid option there. Uh, Philly has not been good against tight ends. And then with Philly, I prefer the passing game here. Uh, I th- you know, Sanders certainly could go off, but I like some other guys in that price range a little bit more. 
So for me, it would, it would be Wentz uh, or or pass here. You know, Giants are number 26 against the pass. Wentz can get it done on the ground or through the air. 359 and two last time against the Giants. So, uh, you know, the challenge is, is there anybody to pair him up with? Because of Fogum's tough matchup, uh, Goddard's low volume recently. You know, Jalen Rager is trending up, good price. Uh, but I might go Wentz naked, or I might just pass on this game altogether. That's probably what I'll do. So let's uh, let's turn the page to game four here, and let's head to the southeast for Tampa and Carolina. And this is another rematch. Back in week two, Tampa won 31-17, and the running backs were the story in that one. Tampa had three rushing touchdowns, and uh, Christian McCaffrey had two rushing touchdowns for Carolina. And uh, through the air, CMC and your boy Mike Davis combined for 12 receptions that game. And this week, Christian McCaffrey is out. So are we going to get a chalk week for your boy Mike Davis, and are you going to play him? Yeah, it's going to be Mike Davis week, and he's a, he's a lock and load everywhere. I mean, his ownership is going to be ridiculous, so you yep. try to get different elsewhere. But, you know, this is a tough matchup. Tampa Bay's good against the run. They're pretty, oh, they're they're pretty decent. Um but Carolina, you know, does run well against them. They use, they typically do pretty good. I mean, Carolina's got a good scheme, good running game here. So Mike Davis should be fresh. You know, he got a little bit of break with the, the star guy coming back, and now he's he's back to the lead guy again. So yeah, lead back with they dropped his price all the way down to the four thousand dollars on DK and fifty four hundred on Fanduel. So he's mere minimal price. So it's really hard to say, you know, I'm going to fade him when. Uh, even if he doesn't really get in many rushing yards, he's going to get some work in the passing game. So, um, so definitely Mike Davis is chalk here. He's 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 going to be necessary chalk that you have to eat, uh, and that's just a, that's just going to be the way it is this week. Uh, Tampa Bay side is kind of hard to figure out because I guess like you said, it's a good matchup to run the ball, and they and they do do well running the ball. But are you going to take Leonard Fournette? Are you going to take Ronald Jones? You know which guy is going to be the guy here? I guess it would be Ronald Jones in terms of early down running. Um, but do you trust Ronald Jones? You know he's looked no. good when he when they give him the role, but you just it's hard to trust him. Right. Um, so and then what are you going to do with the receivers? I mean, I would normally like Chris Godwin, but once you saw what that brace was looking like, we were talking about that last week, what's the finger brace going to look like? It just looks weird that he has to like, you know, catch the ball with like, you know, three or four seven fingers. fingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it is. Yeah. All 10, eight, seven, yeah. eight fingers it's, only. It, I know. So I can't get over that. I think Chris Godwin will still do okay, but I think that takes away a ceiling that dip to make difficult catches and that type of thing. Um, Antonio Brown could probably have a decent game, but again, the, the targets are going to be so spread out when you have Mike Evans, Antonio, you know, uh, Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin in there. Plus you got Gronk, you got everyone else going on in there. So it's really hard to figure out who you want to target. Carolina's decent against the pass. They're pretty good defense actually for such a young inexperienced defense. So they're not just like a, you know, where they're just going to completely explode here. Tampa Bay's huge favorites here. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to be tough to, to take a lot of Tampa Bay guys here. Tom Brady, you can make the argument, is going to have a bounce-back game, but a lot of people are pretty nervous about that after seeing how bad he was on prime time the other night there. So he was pretty bad. But I can see Tom Brady bouncing back. It's just hard to know which guy you want to pair with him. And then, again, back to the Carolina side, if you play Mike Davis, I think you can also play Curtis Samuel. So if you look at it like this, you'll have 
I look at Curtis Samuel. We played him in prime time a couple weeks ago, and he, and he ended up getting the rushing touchdown. I say Curtis Samuel's kind of like one of the running backs. Now, he doesn't get that many carries, but he's kind of like the backup running back when Mike Davis is the starter. So you would be able to get both running backs, and you're going to get a ton of pass work because, you know, Mike Davis will catch some balls. And Curtis Samuel has a great matchup in the slot. Tampa Bay, uh, their their biggest weakness is on the slot because they got those two really big corners on the outside that are tough to throw against. Um, so you attack them across the middle of the field with Curtis Samuel. Plus, Curtis Samuel gets some running plays, and sometimes they give him the ball inside the five and give him goal line carries too. And he's just so quick to get through that hole. Uh, and, and he's been ascending. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater loves him. So you can actually play Curtis Samuel and Mike Davis together at cheap prices, and you'll get a similar upside game that you would get from one Christian McCaffrey at about the same total price. So that's the way I look at it, is you could play those two guys and get your 35 Christian McCaffrey, 35 DraftKings points out of two guys for about the same price as what you'd pay for him. So so that, that's my analysis on Carolina here. Yeah, that that's a creative approach. I mean, that's a real GPP play for sure. I don't, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, I think I might just stick with Mike Davis and go from there. And then in some alternative lineups, you could go with Samuel in case he does snare a touchdown away. But with that, you know, Tampa defense so strong overall, I mean, they didn't show it against New Orleans, but I, you just can't expect them to put up a ton of points and, uh, you know, really have, you know, monster games out of both of them. But uh, that, that certainly would be creative. And then I, I agree with you on the Tampa side. It's just hard to figure out, you know, there's, too much of a split situation in, with those running backs, so I'm not going to go there. And uh, too many too many options for the wide receivers to, view, to feel really confident about. And with Tom Brady, yeah, you could think, okay, bounce back game. But the thing about Tom Brady is he's just going to do he's just going to call the play that works. And so he he's going to be motivated, but he's not just going to call passing plays every chance he gets and not audible to a a run if if he thinks that's the right play. So you know, he, it's not like he's going to come out and, and throw for 303 and that's his only focus. He wants to win by 35 after losing by 35. That's all he cares about. So, uh, yeah, you know, he could end up uh, spiking with one of these receivers or we could get a couple touchdowns from Fournette or Jones. It's just hard to predict because Carolina is somewhat balanced. Um, you know, if anything, I might go with Antonio Brown here uh, in a GPP. Uh, but other than that, I'm actually going to probably fade the Tampa offense here. All right, Shane, one more game here at 1 o'clock, and it's right up your alley as the Detroit sports man. Uh, in fact, you can follow Shane on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. Uh, that's his area up there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Language Olympic. Find all of us at DFS Coach Talk. And you can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So the reason I say all that is because the next one o'clock game is the Washington football team traveling to your neck of the woods to play Detroit. Washington coming in at two and six, Detroit at three and five, and a couple injury issues with the Lions. Why don't you let us know about those? Yeah, I mean, Galladay's still going to be out, uh, so which isn't encouraging. And they're not really saying day-to-day. They're saying week-to-week, so we don't really know. The Lions, obviously, is super secretive about injuries, so you never really know what's going on. Uh, but, yeah, yeah Gall- you know, Galladay's going to be out. And then all of a sudden, T.J. Hawkinson popped up on the injury report kind of later in the week with the toe injury. I don't think that was previously reported. So that's never a good sign when someone uh, – 
a skill position guy pops up with like a foot or a toe injury late in the week. So I would monitor TJ Hawkinson because he is highly questionable at this point from what I'm seeing um, that he may not make it. Um, you, you know, if you're looking at a value guy, if Hawkinson is out, Jesse James is actually a pretty good, you know, receiver, receiving yep. tight end. He's just a big, tall guy. He would get some red zone looks and, you know, he mostly blocks this year, but he could get more targets at minimal price. So that's a guy you can take a look at just in case Hawkinson's out. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, with uh, Galladay out, you can go back to Marvin Jones. I know uh, Washington's been pretty good, you know, in their secondary. They've limited passing. But Marvin Jones plays pretty good, you know, at home. And I think Stafford can still pass on this team. Uh, I know they're not complete shutdown. I know they're they're ranked among the best here. But, uh, yeah, so I like Marvin Jones here. And Amendola, Danny Amendola, looked really good last week as a as really uh, the main target for Stafford. Um, and he has a pretty good matchup in the slot here as well. So Amendola can do some, do some work and get a lot of targets, especially if Hawkinson's out. You have to consider those guys because – you're going to really have a lot of concentration on uh, where the targets are going. Um, it's hard to figure out which Detroit guy you want to take for running backs. You know, we're going to try to run the ball to protect ourselves against this pass rush from Washington. And I think we can run the ball on this team, but it is a little hard to figure out which guy. This is kind of a revenge game for Adrian Peterson. Um, so Adrian Peterson was suddenly cut by the Washington football team at the beginning of the year. So he's definitely going to be angry. So they might give him a few extra carries. So I could see Adrian Peterson getting it done on the ground. But DeAndre Swift has consistently looked like the best running back, and they really need to get him some more carries. And the goal is to win the game. So, again, it's going to be another one of those 50-50 splits. Uh, so it is hard to project because they're splitting it up, but I could see them maybe giving a little bit more work to Adrian Peterson because of this kind of revenge game narrative. He'll be highly motivated here. Um, and then on the Washington side, I think, you know, Terry McLaurin, obviously is a superstar. Uh, he's going to be going up. Uh, they're probably going to use Desmond Trufant as a shadow against Terry McLaurin. Desmond Trufant hasn't played well this year. He's played with injuries and been in and out, but I would tell you that he's been playing a little better the last few games last game, he looked really good, actually. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. But Terry McLaurin is almost matchup proof, so he can still burn uh, Desmond Trufant and move around the formation. So I think Terry McLaurin's a solid play. I just don't know if he's going to have one of his ceiling games if Trufant actually is playing better in terms of limiting his uh, limiting his production and coverage. And then I kind of like uh, J.D. McKissick. Again, uh, Alex Smith is the checkdown master. And he's just going to be getting a ton of targets to McKissick again. And the Lions linebackers aren't good at covering uh, uh, running backs in the passing game. So J.D. McKissick knows a lot about the Lions. He played for us last year. So he's a he's a former Lion as well. So I, I could see J.D. McKissick having another big game in the passing game here. So I think he's a good play. I like Antonio Gibson, but... You know, he's coming back from an injury. I think he could have a good game as well. But I just like the passing production from J.D. McKissick. I think that, that that'll be good, especially if they're playing from behind, if the Lions can get a lead here. But overall, yeah, this should be a pretty ugly game with the Lions being banged up and, uh, you know, Washington playing a pretty tough defense. Though I think the Lions defense are going to cause problems for Alex Smith. So overall, it's going to be probably a pretty ugly game. So it's going to come down to a couple critical plays here. And yeah, obviously not a ton of fantasy production, but you can get a couple plays out of here. Yeah, I like that Washington backfield. Gibson and McKissick both in play for me. I think one of them will certainly pay off value because of that great matchup. I think either Gibson will have effectiveness running the ball against Detroit's 30th ranked rush defense, or if they are behind, like you said, McKissick will be more involved. 
And if we go with Gibson, just give me like 80% of what Dalvin Cook did and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, any week. Yeah, I don't need Dalvin I don't Cook. need full Dalvin Cook. Just give me 80% yeah. of him and, and yeah. we're good. Yeah, I don't think he's quite as talented as Dalvin Cook, but yeah, yeah Dalvin Cook's it's, awesome yeah, right now. Eighty percent. That's all we need. Yeah, we, we need. you know when you know when Dalvin Cook ran for a seventy-yard touchdown, the Lions had ten guys on the field on defense. Oh, so, so we were like, helps. if we if we weren't bad enough already, we'll just give you a little extra room to run here. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, it's yep. like, and that's kind of yeah, everyone's uh, kind of on the fire. Let's fire fire uh, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Uh, pencil ear guy now again. So, <laughs> all right, exactly. All right, yeah, so let's take a quick break here before the 4 o'clock games and hear from our wonderful partners at betus.com.pa. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at betus.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw dropping sign up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to BetUS for that wonderful offer. It is available to all listeners of this podcast. You don't have to be a member at DFS Coach Talk. So use that promo code Coach Talk, all one word, to get that wonderful uh, deposit match. And as this is a free podcast in front of the paywall, one request we have for you is if you're on YouTube, just click the like, bu- like button, subscribe, alert, just hit all the buttons you can find. And uh, that way you'll know when our podcast posts. We do six NFL podcasts per week. So you want we want you to be notified when those post. Uh, also, if you're listening uh, somewhere else, we'd love a five-star review, like, thumbs up, all that stuff. Really appreciate it. All right, Shane, let's get to these four o'clock games, starting with Denver at Las Vegas. And Vegas, the four and a half point home favorites, total set at 51. Big game here for Vegas at five and three. Denver three and five. Uh, help me sort this one out because it's a total over 50, but I'm not excited about this game. Am I missing anything? Well, you know, I think uh, with Jerry Judy having that big breakout, uh, Noah Fant can come back healthy. I mean, Drew Locke looked looked really good last week. Uh, I think that, you know, they can score on Vegas for sure. Uh, Weak weak secondary. So I kind of like Jerry Judy, reasonably priced still, even though he finally had a big game. Um, Just his route running and, you know, big playability. Uh, So Jerry Judy's in play here. Value price guy, really reasonable. And Noah Fant. Uh, you know, if he can come back from his injury and uh, ankle injury and look good, he's a guy, big run after the catch, big playability as well. So I kind of like those guys on the Denver side. So I could see where this would get up and down and be pretty high scoring. So now that Denver's offense is looking a little better. And then on the Vegas side, you know, they have some pretty good weapons, you know, I mean, they got Waller, Aguilar, 
Henry Ruggs. I know Ruggs hasn't looked great, but uh, so I like Darren Waller here. Just a matter if you want to pay up at tight end. Um, I like some of the cheaper tight ends, so I don't know if I'll be paying up for him or not. But yeah, I think it's a good matchup for Waller. Josh Jacobs, people are a little concerned about him. He split some of the carries with Booker last week. You know, kind of a little more of a split situation there. But Josh Jacobs may get, uh, if they get a, a lead here, they are our home favorites. He might get a bigger workload like he did a couple weeks ago and produce against Denver, who's kind of a middle of the pack, you know, defense here. So I kind of like Josh Jacobs. He's another one of those, you know, low owned, you know, under the radar type guys that you could play. Because uh, once people read that he's splitting with Booker, which we don't know if he is going forward, you know, it, uh, they're going to be off him for sure. So you can get Josh Jacobs for cheap and he could have a potential good game here. And then I'm kind of leaning more towards if I was going to play a receiver, uh, Nelson Aguilar has gotten it done this year, you know, and he's got a good matchup. Denver's banged up in the secondary. Nelson Aguilar has just done nothing but get the job done where Ruggs is kind of boom or bust, big play ability, and just doesn't seem to be doing really that much. So so I kind of like Nelson Aguilar and, and GPPs as, as kind of a flyer, as another value price guy here. So so there's some decent uh, decent plays in this game. Uh, probably won't be stacking it a lot, but I can see why it's a over 50 point over under. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, the, I had written notes down on Judy and Waller, so I'm with you there. Those are my two favorite targets uh, speaking of targets, yeah, Waller getting 10 last week. It, again, that's what you want in a tight end is just give me a solid chance to catch five or six balls. Give me 60 yards. And if I get a touchdown, great. And he's one of the most reliable targets there is for tight ends. So that is the decision. Do, do you want to pay up for him? And on the Denver side, yes, Judy is my main target here. Um, you know, 14 targets last week. Great breakout against Atlanta. So I, I like that spot. Uh, Denver is facing that 23rd ranked pass defense. So I think they'll uh, they'll go with him again a bunch uh, and see if he can have a repeat performance there. And then, like you said, Josh Jacobs, man, there's almost nobody like him in terms of if he gets in that positive game script, Gruden just wants to feed him the ball, just run it. It's, it's, it's so fun to track those games when they're leading and you've got Jacobs because he gets the rock a ton. So uh there you go. All right, Shane. Well, the next one is another 405 kickoff. And this one I am excited about. It's Buffalo against Arizona, two winning teams. And the over-under is 56 and a half on BetUS. Arizona, the two-point home favorites. Uh, we know that uh, Buffalo just went berserk against Seattle last week. Uh, Josh Allen, 415 yards and three touchdowns. And... Again, Arizona is a below-average pass defense. So are we, are we going to stack some of these Buffalo Bills together? Yeah, I mean, it's looking like you got to get some exposure. You know, if you're trying to be different from the field, you could fade this game and go elsewhere. But this is going to be the highest-owned game for game stacks, and the quarterbacks are going to be super high-owned. So you have to make that decision. Are you going to pay up for – uh, you're going to pay up for Josh Allen or Kyler Murray here because they're both looking like good plays. It just so happens that they're in a great, great game environment. Uh, pretty, you know, pretty suspect defenses and great offenses. A lot of weapons. They both have rushing upside, especially, especially, especially Kyler Murray. I mean, you knew he was going to be able to get some runs this year, but didn't expect him to be like near like Lamar Jackson level, like, yeah. like he was last year. So, so yeah, they're looking really good here. Um, yeah, I think on the Buffalo side, uh, interesting that uh, John Brown is looking good. He's he's back, so you could take a uh, get him as a value play in your stacks. 
Stefan Diggs, you really have to pay up for, but he's looking really good as well. Uh, again, a good matchup. I don't think Arizona's secondary can handle these guys. And Josh Allen will be running around, running around a lot, you know, slinging the ball. It's going to be a really fast-paced matchup. So definitely love this game here. Uh, and then, of course, Kyler Murray, if you're looking for DeAndre Hopkins and him to have a bounce-back game, or, or I mean at least DeAndre Hopkins, Murray had a fine game. Hopkins was kind of nowhere to be seen, so he could de- certainly have a, a bounce-back game. Uh, he'll probably be facing mostly Tredavious White, who's is a pretty good corner, but you can you can beat him. Um, but I, I also like uh, Christian Kirk here as well. He's getting a ton of targets. Uh, what did he have like twelve targets last week or something like that? I mean, it was uh, yep. yeah, he had he had five, a really good game. Five touchdowns in the last three weeks. Yeah, that's right. He had eight. He had eight targets, but he said caught five for one twenty three. So Christian Kirk's looking really good here as well. And he has a good matchup. Uh, he can line up in the slot or line up outside as well. Uh, so, yeah. And then you got to look at Arizona's running backs. If Drake is going to come back, you can consider him in his high-scoring game to get exposure. Or you can go back to Chase Edmonds, who had a little bit of a disappointing game last week. But if Drake is out, you know, with the volume that, that Chase Edmonds is going to get in this game script at home here, you have to definitely consider Chase Edmonds if Drake is out. So we have to monitor uh, Kenyon Drake because that's going to be a big uh, deciding factor for the way you approach this game as well. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with this game. Yeah, Kenyon Drake's just too cheap on DraftKings. 4.9 against Buffalo's 21st-ranked rush defense. So uh, there's a bit of a mispriced situation you, you can take advantage of, get exposure to this high total. With that Arizona passing attack, I'm with you. Murray and Kirk would be the combination I would look at because of Kirk's price, given Hopkins' matchup. And, how, you know, Murray, two straight games over 40 fantasy points. Man, what a force. He's really getting it done. Three passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown last week. So I, I do like that combination. But Allen's a little bit cheaper, a little bit better matchup. Uh, so I, I probably will lean that way a little bit more often. And I will pair him up with Diggs. I think that's his favorite wide receiver. And he kind of spread the touchdowns around last week against Seattle. So I think he'll he'll go back to Diggs and, and get him in the end zone. I think you could also look at Beasley if you wanted a, another wide receiver there under 5K on DraftKings. All right, Shane, let's continue our journey through the 4 o'clock kickoffs. Next up, we've got the Chargers against Miami. Over-under is 48 and a half. Miami, the home favorites here by two and a half. And in terms of the injury news, uh, the Chargers backfield continues to be banged up. We've got uh, Justin Jackson uh, questionable. We've got Pope questionable. So we might have another Bellage week. We've got Kelly still in the mix. Um, So uh, will you have some exposure to this one? You know, I'll probably get a little exposure here, but... uh... The way I look at this game is Miami's defense, they're at home. Chargers have to travel into, you know, the hot environment. And Miami's defense is ascending right now. They're playing a lot better. You definitely got to hand it to their coaching staff and everything they've done with this uh, young team. Um, So I think they can limit Herbert so he doesn't have a monster game here. You know, I really like their, obviously, their outside corners and just the way they've been playing. Uh, so I probably won't be getting a lot of Justin Herbert, even though I love playing him uh, the last four or five weeks here. Um, but I think, obviously, Keenan Allen's looking like a really good matchup here. 
Uh, Miami's not good. They're good on the outside, but they're weak in the secondary and the slot here. So they're weak in the middle for sure. And Keenan Allen has just been absolutely just a tear every single week, getting a ton of targets. He And the guy just produces. So I would definitely uh, pay up for Keenan Allen here. He's in a great spot. Uh, love him. Don't really want to guess which running back the Chargers are going to have in there. You know, I think Pope's coming back probably. Are they going to give the rookie Kelly some some carries? I, you know, it's hard to say what they're going to really do. And I think Miami's at least respectable against the run. Uh, and then on the, you know, Miami side, uh, can you trust Tua? I know he looked good last week, but I'm still kind of a wait and see approach with him. I don't know if I fully trust him. But if you are going to uh, uh, look for a few of his targets, I think Devontae Parker, is uh, looking good. I think he's going to get more and more targets, and he's coming to get help, uh, getting more and more healthy. He's probably going to be going up against mostly Casey Hayward, which is still a really good cornerback, uh, so that's a tough matchup here. Um, and then Gusecki, you know, I've played him quite a few times this year, and he kind of lets me down, but he seems like he's probably going to start getting more and more targets from Tua eventually as they get more chemistry, and he he, he does run a lot of routes, and, uh, you know, he's basically like a big slot receiver, so you have to at least consider Gusecki here. And the Chargers are not good against the tight end. So he could have one of his breakout games here. It's just hard. It's hard to trust him. But, yeah, not a ton of exposure here outside of Keenan Allen. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm Keenan Allen here and uh, probably just going to move on. You know, that's been the one constant uh, is the success against Needham in the slot, Cooper Cup. I mean, on and on you go back through the season and look at that matchup. So, And, and, and Herbert has such a great chemistry with him already. That uh, I, you know, I feel confident there that Keenan Allen will pay off that price tag again. And I'd say, you know, with uh, Preston Williams being out, that's where it does distribute those targets more to Parker and probably Kaseki as uh, almost like a big slot. So that's why I think that things could change for Miami in terms of the target distribution. And Tua does have good accuracy and you know a little bit more consistent. It seems like in the passing game. So that's why I think Miami actually could get it done here. Um, so you could run it back with one of those guys and do a little Keenan Allen and run and get him throwing a Miami guy in there as well. Yeah, I like Parker there. You know, that first week with Tua, he didn't do much. But last week, six catches for 64. And with Williams out, I agree. I think that'll go up even more. He'll get a real <clears throat> opportunity to to have a big game. All right. Uh, we've got another kickoff coming up here at 425 that I'm excited about. Seattle against the Rams uh, in L.A., 54 and a half total and the Rams are one and a half point favorites at home on BetUS and they are coming off the bye week. So they're well rested and McVay's gotten a chance to scheme up some passing plays here for Goff and the group against Seattle's number 32 pass defense. We saw what Buffalo just did to them last week. We saw it. We saw what Arizona did to them. I mean, it's week in week out. So we got to attack this, uh, this pass defense. I'm going to do it one way or another. How about you? Yeah, I just talked about how I don't love Justin Herbert going into Miami uh, because I think their defense is just playing a lot better. And that's what happened to the Rams uh, last week for Jared Goff. I mean, he throws the ball 61 times for 355 yards, but he doesn't get that many uh, fantasy points because he only gets one touchdown. He throws two picks. And two fumbles as well. I mean, he's yep. a turnover machine there. Uh, Miami, like I said, better defense. But he gets the complete opposite, and uh, a declining defense that it seems to be against the pass anyways. You can definitely exploit them. 
and a, a better game environment here with a really high over under being over 54. So I think he'll be more efficient and obviously turn the ball over less. Seattle is the ultimate pass funnel defense here. You know, it's going to automatically require them to have a ton of, uh, a ton of, uh, you know, volume in the passing game here. So that's why I like Jared Goff because really the Rams have loved to run the ball and just play tough defense in most games, but they're not going to be able to do that in this game. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to get it, get it fired up there and, and score, uh, definitely be scoring a lot. So this is forcing Jared Goff to uh, pass a lot. So I like Jared Goff here and he's got the obvious guys you can pair him with. Cooper Cup looks like he has the best, matchup he he only got 20 targets last <laughs> last uh, week so that's it uh so he looks really good uh in a good matchup against seattle week in the in the slot here and then robert woods has a pretty good matchup on the outside there as well and he also looks really good uh and and uh, got a touchdown last week so you can definitely stack up the rams um and then on the other side I like Russell Wilson here. It's just a matter if you want to pay up for him. Again, you're going to be kind of paying up to be a little more contrarian instead of going with the uh, the Buffalo. You know, instead of going with uh, Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, you go with Russell Wilson because he could do well. The Rams are pretty tough against the pass, though, so he might not be able to do as good. But I think he's going to have to. He's going to be forced in this fast-paced shootout game to still uh, pass a lot, and I think that he he can get the job done here. Um, it looks like another Tyler Lockett type game here, even though DK Metcalf has, has basically been the stud wide receiver here. But again, it's it's a it's a lot tougher matchup uh, with Metcalf dealing with the outside corners. You know, Jalen Ramsey and the other outside corners of the Rams should be pretty physical and match up well against DK Metcalf, even though he's been kind of physically imposing and almost matchup proof. But I would say Lockett should be the best target here and they should game plan to get him the ball early and often, even though he hasn't really seen a much, uh, many targets lately, the last few games here. So this is looking like a Tyler Lockett game in a high paced, uh, shootout here. And then you have to look at Seattle's backfield and see what's going on. It looks like Chris Carson is kind of leaning towards being out again, because he might be in play here if, if they were actually, if he's playing, but Seattle has a lot of just a lot of guys back there. It's kind of hard to trust them that they're they're running backs here. So definitely you can attack attack the passing game here, and this should be a, a nice a nice little shootout. So it's definitely a good game to get exposure to. Yeah, I'm just gonna go ahead and fade that Seattle backfield with all the guys and the question marks and people dinged up, and go with Lockett or Bust on that side, and then run it back with the Rams with Cup. Uh, and or Woods. You could even go to Josh Reynolds. Um, the thing with Goff is he only has one game this year with three touchdown passes. So he doesn't quite have the ceiling. It makes you a little bit scared. But, I mean, we saw what, what Josh Allen did last week. I mean, these guys have enormous games against against Seattle. You know, even San Francisco. Remember when Jimmy G got injured? Mullins came in and had a, a great game in one quarter, over mm-hmm. 200 yards passing and two touchdowns. So, with that bye week, I think the Rams are going to have Goff ready to go. I think he'll have a good day. Uh, so you could use him, but I will, at a, at a minimum, go with one or two of his wide receivers to attack Seattle. All right, Shane, two games left. Up next, we've got San Francisco against New Orleans. And, man, what a difference a year makes. San Francisco in the Super Bowl last year. Now they're 10-point dogs to the Saints, over under 49. The good news for San Fran is we may actually have their starting wide receivers back, or at least some of them. 
it may not be a lock and low Richie James week, which is <laughs> what it what it felt like after that enormous game last week. But Ayuk um, and Bourne uh, likely will be back. Uh, Bourne still dealing with that COVID nineteen designation. We're recording this on Thursday, but if those guys are back, that'll be that'll at least give San Fran a chance. Debo is still questionable, so we might not get him back. Uh, but they still got injuries with the running backs. Mostert is out. So with all that being said, uh, would you use any of these Niners against this tough Saints defense? I'm, I'm not sure I would. No, I'm not really seeing a whole lot that I'm liking from the San Francisco side. I mean, Ayuk would probably be the guys in terms of the most talented but, you know, it's a, still it's a tough matchup here. If they get down big, I mean, you could get some garbage time from some of these San Francisco wide receivers. So that's why you might look at a guy like Ayuk or Bourne if he plays. Uh, but other than that, yeah, probably not very interested in that being big, big underdogs. You know, New Orleans looking looking really good right now. You know, 10 point favorites obviously are playing great. Um, I think this is looking like, you know, another good spot for Elvin Kamara again. Um, I know Michael Thomas has come back, but he's been a little bit iffy and hasn't really been a full-time player yet anyways. So Elvin Kamara looks like in a good spot. It's just a matter if you're going to be able to pay up for him and pay his expensive price tag. But he pretty much does everything. I think he can run against these guys, definitely do work in the passing game. So Elvin Kamara's in play again here. Um, he'll definitely warrant uh, quite a bit of ownership. Uh, Michael Thomas has been limited in practice again. You just don't really know what's going on with his health. He doesn't look like he's a full go. I kind of like his matchup against San Francisco secondary, so he could potentially have a big game. Uh, I have to wait and see if he practices full, you know, the next couple days here. Uh, It just makes you a little bit nervous, but eventually when he gets back to full health and a full snap share, you know, he's going to be in play. It's just I don't know if it's this week or not, and I don't know if they're going to need him to beat this, you know, decimated San Francisco team. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is a guy you can look at. He has a good matchup here as well. If he can get on Emmanuel Mosley, another Emmanuel there, uh, I think he can definitely roast him. You've seen Emmanuel Mosley get toasted by a lot of receivers lately, and Sanders looks pretty good. He hasn't been getting a a lot of volume, um, but he's pretty cheap, and uh, I think he can make some big plays here as well. Uh, Other than that, yeah, I'm not getting a lot of exposure to New Orleans or really this game in general. Uh, You got some people that you like, some players that you like from New Orleans or not for a primary build, only if a, if you wanted to play multiple lineups in a GPP. I think Michael Thomas would be a great play here in a GPP because, you know, he's a much more reasonable price than he has been historically. And we still do have those question marks about his health. But we saw what Devontae Adams did to San Fran. They are so decimated by injury on the defensive side that, you know, their rankings, I don't I just don't think they really reflect the state of that defense right now. So I think Thompson is, uh, sorry, Thomas is a, is a decent play in a GPP, a little bit risky. And, you know, with the backfield, I think this could be a week where you go with Latavius Murray. If you want to get uh, low ownership, you know, he's minimum price. And like you said, if they're winning comfortably, then maybe this is one of those weeks where they take the pedal off the metal a little bit with Camara and get uh, Latavius back involved. So, uh, but yeah, in general, this game is going to be a fade for me. And I am going to advance to the last one here with some question marks, and that is Cincinnati-Pittsburgh. So help us sort this one out, Shane. It's a 425 kickoff, and uh, we've got Big Ben on the COVID-19 list currently. And on the Cincinnati side, we've got Joe Mixon questionable. But... 
I don't think I'd play uh, anybody from that Cincinnati backfield, uh, regardless of health or price, because of that tough Pittsburgh defense. But, man, what a surprise last week with Pittsburgh just eking out a win to get an eight to get to eight no against Dallas, uh, but here they are. They're still still undefeated. Yeah, I know that that's I heard some people calling it the most embarrassing win ever or something like that. You know, so, so it's kind yeah. of funny. Uh, yeah, no, I think Pittsburgh's definitely going to bounce back here. I mean, this is the division rival. Cincinnati will play him tough, but Cincinnati's just outmatched here. Uh, but yeah, Pittsburgh will bounce back and I think have a big game here. Um, don't really love you know playing them a lot in DFS just because uh, they have so many good players, uh, like in terms of wide receivers that can produce here. Uh, James Conner was a huge letdown last week. You know, he could have a bounce back, but I'm still probably not going to risk it after what way he looked because they could certainly just throw Benny Snell in there against Cincinnati and he could have a decent game. Um, But yeah, if I had to pick one Pittsburgh player, I'd probably take Deontay Johnson again. His price is always pretty cheap and he gets the most targets when he's healthy in there. Uh, and, you know, we'll see if he's on William Jackson, that's a pretty tough matchup, but Deontay Johnson moves all around as well. So he can get some mismatch on the other secondary guys that are, that are pretty weak in Cincinnati. So I could see Deontay Johnson having a bounce back game here and, you know, getting a touchdown and getting a lot of touch, a lot of uh, touches here, a lot of targets. Um, other than that, yeah, on the Pittsburgh side, I mean, you could take a look at Claypool as well. Another guy just high upside, super explosive, obviously. Um, he could have a big game here as well. And then I would, I'm definitely interested in the Pittsburgh defense again, just because it looks like another huge mismatch, their defensive line and their linebackers against Cincinnati's, you know, offensive line that's really bad. They don't have Joe Mixon, so they don't have a respectable run game. So that makes them one-dimensional with Joe Burrow, who's been great, but Joe Burrow's also turned the ball over a lot. So this is looking like a great spot for a lot of turnovers and sloppy play and a lot of desperation plays by Burrow. He kind of hangs on to the ball sometimes too long, and that doesn't that doesn't bode well against this Pittsburgh defense. So I'm mostly interested in the Pittsburgh defense. Uh, it's kind of hard to even trust guys that are normal, reliable, like Tyler Boyd that we normally like for Cincinnati. Kind of hard to trust him because – Pittsburgh doesn't really have a, a glaring weakness on defense. They're they're pretty decent, uh, you know, and they're just going to have – they have such a good pass rush that the corners don't even have to really cover for that long, you know, so that's the thing. So, yeah, so I don't really like Cincinnati here, and I think Pittsburgh will have a big bounce back, and they're not going to have a letdown spot like they did against Dallas because I think they learned their lesson last week. <laughs> so, yeah, you you figure they would. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, we are you and I are really aligned on this game, and we didn't talk about it before the podcast. Sometimes we do – but on this one, we did not. But, you know, the, those are my takeaways as well. James Conner in a great spot, but it's hard to he's hard, really hard to trust right now. He's had three straight games where his yards per carry have decreased. So he's just trending in the wrong direction and didn't even get many touches last week. And then you look at the wide receivers. You know, Pittsburgh finally had that balance with all those talented guys that, you know, from a general football perspective, makes a lot of sense. And if you're a Steelers fan, you're excited about because Juju had seven targets, six catches, and he got the touchdown. And then Claypool had 13 targets and eight catches. And Deontay Johnson, 10 targets and six catches. And if they spread it around like that, and they've got that strong rushing game, they're going to be really hard to beat. Um, You know, in terms of this week, I also am looking at Deontay Johnson. If I'm going to go with one guy, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that he gets the spike this week. And then th- this is the first defense I made a note on in- out of the whole slate. And I'm going to really have to go back and grind to, to find a- a- an alternative here. Uh, but I-, I do like Pittsburgh at 4,400. They're so strong. 
uh, and they're just great playmakers with Fitzpatrick and, and everybody else. Um, you know, they, they really have a great opportunity for those, um, you know, touchdowns taken back to the house. So uh, I'm, I'm right with you. So great slate here. Uh, before I get your final thoughts, I just want to invite folks to join us as a member uh, if you want to get our full lineups. We haven't mentioned that yet on this show, but we give out full lineups on FanDuel on the main slate on Sunday. We give out a cash lineup and then two GPPs. And then on DraftKings, we give out the coach's clipboard with core plays highlighted and a bunch of pivots. And then we give out a full Yahoo lineup. So wherever you're playing, we're, we're there to help you. And to become a member, just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com. Pick up the weekly membership or the monthly if you want to try us out. Or jump in for the winter special that takes you through the Super Bowl. And you get access to all of our sports. So you'll have all the basketball lineups when that uh, tips off in about a month. Uh, all the PGA lineups and baseball once that starts again. So uh, DFSCoachTalk.com for membership. We give out those lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff on Sunday. So we'd love to have you there. Uh, social media. I uh, mentioned we are all available at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. We'd love to interact with you there. And we certainly would appreciate if you give us that thumbs up and the like on YouTube. Shane, what else? Any final thoughts? Well, it's going to be an awesome Sunday. We get the final round of the Masters combined yes. with all these late, uh, you know, shootout games in the NFL with our lineup. So we're going to have a fun time with our DFS Coach Talk community and Discord, just going back and forth with all our different lineups. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're, we're definitely uh, set up for a nice, uh, good winning Sunday here and a lot of entertainment value for us. Oh, can't wait. Really awesome weekend here. So I, I enjoyed doing this with you, Shane. We're going to grind for Sunday to get those lineups ready to have a big week and hopefully finish off some some great lineups with the Masters. We're off to a good start here on Thursday. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. So before we wrap up, just want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. Use that promo code COACHTALK. All right, Shane, uh, let's get back to the drawing board here. We're going to follow the news, and then we'll be back on Saturday night for a couple more podcasts. We're going to do the quarterback show, the running back show, and then tight ends and wide receivers. So make sure you all tune in for that. And then we'll also have our primetime podcast previewing the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. So going to be a lot of fun. Thank you all for tuning in on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team. I am Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.